prostate cancer and radiation therapy, the future of high-tech localization systems. You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment, Focus on Men's Health. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, your host, and with me today is Dr. Charles Ank. Dr. Ank is a radiation oncologist and chairman of Radiation Oncology at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. He has treated over 3,000 patients with prostate cancer and has been actively involved in pivotal trials of radiation targeting systems. Today we're going to be talking about the future of high-tech localization systems. And uh, Chuck, thanks for being with us today. We, uh, we appreciate your time. My pleasure, Gary. Well, let's talk about a, a little bit about uh, your own medical background and how did you get into this uh, prostate cancer specialization, high-tech imaging? Well, early on, I was a generalist in radiation oncology and really treated all things, although I certainly had an interest in treating men with prostate cancer, in part because I looked at certain men with prostate cancer as having uh, the more serious presentations of prostate cancer, uh, those that routinely did not do well with surgery. And frankly, when you looked at the radiation oncology results, there was a lot of room for improvement and was certainly, I think, interested in trying to see if we could come up with techniques that would improve their outcome. My uh, certainly interest in targeting for radiation uh, certainly spans now eight years plus. And since I think one of the strategies for improving the cure rate of prostate cancer with radiation was associated with being able to increase the radiation dose and also making certain that your target was receiving the intended treatment and that the normal tissues that were adjacent to the prostate were being spared, you know, certainly begged for the marriage of image guidance with different techniques that we were using to increase radiation dose. Right. And you've been involved in testing systems that are designed to uh, help your peers uh, position cancer patients better and then measure and, and monitor tumor motion uh, during and uh, between uh, therapy sessions. Could you tell us a little bit about the systems you've uh, been involved with and, and how they work and are they ready for prime time? Right. You know, I, I've used really almost every different type of imaging modality that's used in radiation oncology. In our center, we have certainly have used ultrasound targeting for prostate. We've used different types of um, what we call electronic portal imaging of implanted fiducials. We have systems uh, that actually have computer capability to look at um, an x-ray image on the machine and compare that with a computer-generated x-ray from a CT data set and overlay those. And that tends to be a little bit more automated. We've used that technology. We've used cone beam CT. We're going to be introducing more conventional diagnostic CT imaging, but done in the treatment room for targeting. And we'll be doing that starting this fall. So, I mean, I've had experience with really all the major imaging uh, technologies, but probably the one that I think is really one of the very interesting ones right now and one that I think has tremendous potential is one that would be and generically, I guess, referred to as electromagnetic tracking and targeting. Is that kind of like GPS? And and I think that it was interesting because the the company that really has 
been at the the forefront of developing electromagnetic targeting and tracking um, is a company called Calypso. And when I was trying to conceptualize what this was like, I thought, you know, this is like GPS. <laughs> um, and in fact, their marketing department came up with the same concept. So uh, I think a GPS is an excellent analogy to describe how this technology works. So, Chuck, we've got a GPS-like uh, system here to help in your localization. You call it Calypso. Tell us a little bit more um about the system and, and what your involvement has been with its testing. Right. We were actually asked to participate uh, with Calypso in a multi-center clinical trial. Um, that was really, I think, the third phase of their clinical testing that was necessary to lead to FDA clearance. And, and so we were happy to be one of the participating centers in that trial. And I was really excited about this technology because prior to that, I think one of the main criticisms of some of the image guidance systems were, were problems with the subjectivity in the image interpretation. The reality is that in this particular technology, uh, I mean, there is no image to interpret. It essentially says if you want to get back to where you were the day you did the planning session, here's the movements that you need to make. Right, so you're not reading an image. You're... We're not reading an image. It's actually basically a, a printout on a screen mm -hmm. that says here, here are the, the cues. And in fact, I mean, there can even be automation to say just make this movement um, you know, for us. But um, uh, the uh, system uh, also was unique in that it, in the first time, allowed us to uh, detect prostate motion on a real-time basis. And I think there had been other claims in the literature about real-time targeting, but real-time targeting in those other claims were, well, it takes two minutes to acquire the image, three minutes to analyze the data, and so five minutes later, you've now made a determination of how things moved. Unfortunately, that's five-minute-old data. Um, and in reality, the system that Calypso developed operates on 10 hertz. So that means 10 times a second, you're getting um, imaging, or I should say not imaging, but you're getting uh, targeting information where the prostate is. And 10 times a second to me is, is real time. And, and from, from your point of view as the, as the oncologist, is it, is it easy to the system to work it? The answer is yes. So, you know, one of the points that has been made is with image guidance, and Calypso really doesn't have an image, but one of the problems with image guidance is that there's inter-observer variation. People will look at the same image and come up with a different interpretation of how to move something. With this technology, you could have 10 different people in your department do the alignment and as long as the prostate doesn't move, everybody's going to come up with exactly the same measurement. Quite an advance, huh? Right. So that was exciting. But the other part of it is really being able to monitor motion on a real-time basis uh, was, I think, a very important technological advance that we did not have in the past. Where is um, this technology now? Has it been approved for usage? So the technology has certainly received FDA clearance for prostate. And I believe that it is also true that it had recently received FDA clearance 
to be used in other situations, including in the post-prostatectomy setting. Now, I know that there is investigation going on for using the Calypso technology in other clinical cancer situations, although I'm not certain that that's been cleared yet. But it's now cleared for both an intact prostate and also in men who've had prostatectomy and have indications for radiation of the prostate bed. Chuck, is there enough experience now with it that uh, any results have been published or that any conclusions uh, can, can be made yet? Well, there have actually been a number of papers that have been published, both out of kind of the combined experience uh, from the multi-site trial, but also certainly some of the uh, institutions that have been, let's say, involved with the Calypso development even prior to the uh, more recent multi-center trial. And so, yes, there have been a number of publications. I think any time you have new technology that is being implemented, some of the initial publications takes more of, uh, at least in radiation oncology, the, the perspective from a standpoint of physics. There's also certainly clinical data coming out now on actual interfractional motion and, and how often does it occur. Um, I think that Uh, some of the data that we have learned has told us that compared to maybe other theories that were out there, you really can't predict in a patient, and certainly from patient to patient, you can't predict who's going to have intrafractional motion to any magnitude and and who isn't. Mm -hmm. And even in the same patient, there had been suggestions that You know, you could, let's say, do a CT data set for the first five days of treatment, analyze differences in motion there, and extrapolate from that and make some correction to your treatment plan to account for the movement that you observed over five snapshots on five consecutive days. And the reality is, based on at least what we have observed with Calypso, even within the same patient, you can't predict day-to-day what the motion is going to be. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this, uh, Chuck, as, as we wrap up today. From the, from the patient's point of view, any, any difference? Is it any, any different experience for the patient? Well, I think patients actually have really understood this concept of GPS or global positioning. Right. Right. And, and so that's something that makes sense to them, and certainly the targeting makes sense. From a standpoint of how has it potentially benefited patients, I think those of us who are using electromagnetic tracking technologies uh, with Calypso have certainly uh, probably modified our treatment plan a little bit. And so when we talk about the margin that we put around our prostate target to allow for the things such as the uncertainty of motion or movement on a day-to-day basis or during the actual treatment, we've been able to reduce those margins because we're now really confident that we know where our prostate target is on a real-time basis. And so it's allowed us to reduce the margin. Well, that's also allowed a reduction in the radiation dose that would go to adjacent structures such as the bladder and the rectum, but also even structures such as the penile bulb, which is something that may be important in avoiding problems with erectile dysfunction during treatment. And that's been another active area of interest of mine. 
But I think we can also use this technology for patients to do one of the the other things that I believe is important, and that is we will have improvements in our overall long-term prostate cancer control rates by probably being able to safely deliver higher radiation doses. And Calypso gives us that comfort level to pursue higher radiation doses without worrying about necessarily having a significant increased risk of of, uh, side effects, both short-term and long-term. And in clinical practice, that's definitely been my, my experience. And that's kind of the bottom line for the patient as well. My thanks to Dr. Charles Ink, who's been our guest. We've been talking about prostate cancer and radiation therapy. I'm Dr. Gary Cohn, and you've been listening to a special segment, Focus on Men's Health, on ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts, or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-MD-XM157. Thanks for listening.